hello my friend and welcome back to the Tough Love Terry podcast. On today's episode, I am going to be talking about pruning and not like prunes be dried fruit, but rather basically trimming away at the things that no longer serve us in order to make room for the new stuff that will help us rise to the next level. I'm really excited about this topic. It was one of my, what I call popsicle topics, where uh, it was a phrase suggested to me by my Facebook community, the Beyond the Body Facebook group for photographers. If you are not in there, feel free to come find us, uh, where you can also suggest words that will inspire my podcast and blog post for the week. And so without further ado, let's get talking about pruning. When I first heard the phrase inner pruning on my popsicle stick, I immediately thought of the work I had read done by uh, David Eagleman, who is a neuroscientist. And he always talked about this idea about pruning different neural pathways or neurons in your brain in order to uh, create new neural pathways and new ways of doing things. And so that's what I wanted to talk about today on the podcast. Because our brain has this amazing ability to be malleable and plastic, it allows us to shift away from harmful thoughts or behaviors to learning new and uh, not only new thoughts, but also new ways of doing things. For example, it's it's exactly what happens when uh, somebody might lose a limb or something like that in their life. Their brain used to have a neural pathway running, let's say they lose their arm, their brain used to have a neural pathway running from the brain down to the arm, but now there's no arm there. So what happens over time is that neuron just fades away eventually, and instead will be going somewhere else to accomplish the same task. And so, yeah, it's really cool. Our brains have the ability to rewire. And so why this is important for us, especially those of us that are looking to kind of level up or get closer to our authentic selves or shed some, you know, previous thoughts or behaviors that we still maybe have shame about, or we just want to change the way we do things. We're ready for something new. Our brain will help us do that. It just takes time, which is the hard thing for us. But it also takes dedicated practice on our behalf. And so that's what I'm going to go through today is just introducing you to three different ways that you can start the process. So in true form, I do have a supplementary blog post if you prefer to read on this topic. You can head to terryhoffer.com forward slash blog and the title of this podcast or podcast, this blog post is Get Out the Psychological Pruning Shears. Now you may hear some noise. I have my window open because it's finally nice out and I'm willing to put up with the sounds of loud traffic in order to appreciate the summer. And of course, a motorcycle just drove by. Anywho, back to the topic at hand. So growing up on the farm, I was no stranger to growing a 4-H garden, right? And so despite my efforts to get out of weeding or gardening, I was thwarted by my mother's incessant need for us to burn off our energy. We always had to go out at least once a day for a few hours, and if we were bored, that meant we had to go work in the garden. We had an orchard, we had a flower garden, we had a vegetable garden, we had cornfields, we had everything. And if we weren't picking rocks, we were pruning trees. <laughs> and I remember specifically, we learned how to 
deadhead the marigolds. And what this meant was that we would have to go around and pop the heads off the flowers that, um, or yeah, any flowers, not just the marigolds, but pop off the dead flowers that were no longer benefiting the plant, but rather still sapping, you know, precious resources like water or taking up sunlight or things like that. And so in order to make room and give more resources to the newer foliage, we had to get rid of the old stuff. And so our lives are no different. In order for us to get to that next level or invite new things into our lives, we do need to look at removing the stuff that sucks up our own life force. And so these are three of the ways that we can do it. And these are ways that I've started to do. Some of them I just started to really be intentional about. Other ones I've done, and you've probably also done without even thinking about it, to be honest. So the first thing is, just like pretty much every podcast and every blog post, <laughs> there's you're going to see there's a common theme here. We need to get clear on what we want. <laughs> if you can't tell by now, I am very direction-oriented, like, or destination-oriented. We need to know where we're going so we can know what to do. I have strategic as a strength, which means I can't strategize until I know where the hell I'm going. But it's really important for us, if we're going to prune away the things that are no longer serving us, we also want to make space to look at what is serving us or what we want to serve us. We want to think about who we want to become. And so the thing is, most people, because again, we, you know, veer more towards the negative side, most of us know what we do not want. But the problem with that is the things that we don't want, we still have them for a reason. And we want to think about why that might be. So taking a look at your life right now, if I was to ask you, like, what are some things that you no longer want, but still kind of exist? And just to give you my own personal experience, for me, I'm still doing the same work I was doing for the last four years. I'm still doing boudoir shoots because I have contracts that I have to finish up. I still have my studio. And while it's a beautiful place and I love all my clients and I appreciate that I get to do creative work, I know that's not necessarily the work I want to be creating. And so I can feel it in my body and in my soul. It has become work. It's no longer joyful work. It literally is just work now. And what that tells me is that I know that I want to do less of that. So I want to start thinking about, okay, if not that, what else? And the way I can get to there is to think about, okay, with this job, with doing the photography, what aspects of it do I like? Well, I like that I get to show up and be creative. I like that I get to still, you know, help diversify the bodies we see in the media. I really enjoy that. I really enjoy um, getting creative in order to teach other photographers. I really enjoy the teaching process. And so looking at the thing that I'm not super happy about, I can still see the parts of it that I really enjoy. Prune away the rest and take those forward. Another way that we can do this is to think about, again, going back to, yes, I know, our values exercise. <laughs> I know you're going to get sick and tired of me saying the same shit over and over again. But the reason why we say it over and over again is because it freaking works. And the more you hear it, for most people, it takes three times hearing the same thing before you'll actually consider acting on it. So, you know, I'm doing it for your benefit. 
But to be honest, understanding my values and then also figuring out what's called my authentic code. And you can find that out through the To Be Magnetic uh, school. It is a school for manifestation and meditation and things like that. And it helps you work through your mindset and basically do exactly what I'm talking about in this blog post. It helps you prune away at the things that are no longer serving you so that you can move out of survival and into thrival. So essentially, if we look at my authentic code, what I've come to realize that my authentic codes, the things that I hold really close to my heart and what I desire at this point in my life are things that allow me to expand. I love creativity, which I just talked about. I love alone time and I love education. And understanding that about myself allows me to start to see as things come to me to say yes or no. I can say, hey, is this thing going to help me expand or help me expand somebody else? If it's a no, then I need to limit my attention, time and energy. Is it uh, going to support my creativity or do I have to do things the way it's always been done? Because if that's the case, I'm gonna pass that up in a heartbeat. <laughs> Uh, alone time. This is a really big one for me because as somebody that was addicted to hustle culture, I really, uh, I really need alone time, but I'm afraid of it at the same time. So it's very easy for me to say yes to everyone else and yes to all these opportunities out of scarcity, out of people pleasing, out of all these wonderful things. When in fact, if I am very aware that alone time is part of my authentic code, I can say, okay, if I take this opportunity, am I going to still have room on either side of it to have my alone time or am I cramming it in between other things so I won't have time to, to myself? And then it allows me to make more critical decisions. And then the fourth part of my authentic code is the importance of education. Education is so important to me. I believe at least empathy, compassion, all the beautiful things. And so if the thing or opportunity or person that I'm hanging around with or, you know, um, that is invited to me or whatever is not going to encourage me or help me grow or help me learn something um, or give me the space to teach something uh, or receive what I'm teaching, then they may not be ready for me. So it's, uh, it's going to be another hard pass. But understanding those things is really helpful for me. I like to have constraints. It makes me work that much better, which is exactly why I have words on popsicle sticks. I know a lot of different things about uh, different stuff. And so when it, I get very overwhelmed with, well, I could talk about anything, so uh, I don't even know where to start, so I'm just gonna talk about nothing. It's the same thing here. If you don't know what you want, it can be very overwhelming. So it's easier to stay comfortably uncomfortable, essentially. So by honing in on either your values, your authentic code, whatever you choose, it allows us to really start doing the things that bring us joy, that move us in the direction of our purpose and all this stuff. As soon as we're saying yes to those things that fill us up, that means our time is filled up with that, which means the other things that we would have said yes to out of ego, boredom, um, habits, will start to fall away. They no longer will hold the same enjoyment when you compare it to something you actually get joy from. 
So the more you say yes to things that you truly desire and no to the things that aren't serving your higher purpose, the more the no things will just go away. Not that you're never going to have those things come up. There's tests and things like that all the time. But it's really important for you to be clear on what you want so you can make those decisions. And if you think about it like this, the way you think about something today is probably not how you thought about it when you were a teenager. You learned better, so you did better. And now it makes you a little cringy thinking about the way that uh, you used to do things. But the reality is that's what pruning has done for you. So now let's talk about physical pruning. And I actually had a lot of fun doing this in my space because I like the, the promise of possibility, the promise of, you know, create, like we talked about creativity and being able to dream about uh, what, what an ideal space or um, place would look and more importantly, feel like to me. And so physical pruning is the act of removing things that do not align with the person you want to become. And this is really important a lot of times, and I believe with Marie Kondo, it's like, does this thing bring you joy right now um, is what you're supposed to ask. But rather, I think it's more helpful to us if we want to level up, if we want to start moving ourselves into the embodiment of the next level of ourselves, we have to start creating spaces that will foster and support uh, that version of us. And in order to do that, we have to get rid of the things that no longer support that. So that can look like for me, I donated like five bags of clothing, clothing that were things that I thought I needed or I wore for a little bit and they just, I thought I needed them because they were trendy and everyone else was doing it, but I only wore them like three, you know, three to five times. And then I was like, this isn't who I am. I, and, but I held on to them because I was like, well, maybe one day I will, you know, become that person. I didn't, I don't want to be somebody else. I want to be myself. And so I went through my closet and I literally looked at everything and using my values or my authentic code, I said, are these the things that are going to help me, you know, get to this version of myself? Uh, is wearing this helping me do this? And I know it sounds like a silly way to do the things, but I found it really helpful. For example, some of the clothing that I had was like lots of sparkly things or lots of playful, fun, um, over-the-top things. One of my shadow parts is that I always wanted to be seen. Um, I'm afraid of being unseen. And so I would think if I just buy these sparkly items and people can't miss me, essentially, right? They're going to talk about me. They're going to look at me. But that was very ego driven. And I don't need those things anymore. Uh, it was the same thing when I dyed my hair bright blue. That that was like seven years ago now. I don't need to do things like that. I stopped wearing a bra. I stopped doing all these things. I just started I basically got rid of everything that no longer is serving the person I want to become. Everything that I've held on to, uh, for the most part, are things that I want to see myself wearing or that a higher version of myself that's maybe more confident in certain body parts will wear. And that has helped me and narrowed down my choices. So I can't go back to the person that I was.
Other things include packing up my books from my bookshelf. I realized I was only keeping like all my books on my bookshelf as trophies, essentially. I needed proof that I was as smart as I thought I was. I have this big hang up or a block around, uh, I guess it would be similar to imposter syndrome where I, because I am not a licensed therapist, uh, even though I have a certification in applied positive psychology and I've done so much studying on these topics, I still have this fear that somebody's going to think I'm not smart. This goes way back into school where my, my brilliance, my intellect was essentially the thing I was celebrated for along with my uh, hard work ethic. And so because of that, I'm afraid if somebody, if, if I'm wrong, if I make a mistake, if I fail at something, whatever, it's going to bring back up all those feelings about, oh, see, you knew it. You're not as smart as you think you are, blah, 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 blah. And so I realized, like, can't I just be inherently confident in my intellect and look at the work that I've put out and the way I talk about things and the way I understand things? I don't need the books to prove it to anybody else, right? And the other thing is nobody comes to my house, so who's actually looking at them? Nobody. And then... Yeah, basically that's the point. It's just going through everything. Get rid of hair products, makeup that you never wear. Get rid of shampoo that you thought you need to have to tame your hair. Get rid of all the things that you will not use, you never use, but still hoard in underneath your sink or on your counters or things like that. Go through your groceries. If, you know, um, creating more healthful habits for yourself or shifting your, you know, the way that you nourish your body is really important to you. Hanging on to the same foods that you ate in your 20s is probably not going to help you achieve that because you are in a different stage right now. So it's really important for us basically just to ask, would the higher version of myself who believes in whatever values want to keep these things or would they purchase them in the first place? Right. That's another great question to ask. Actually, I pull something out of my closet and I'll say, if I saw this on the rack, would I buy it today? And if the answer is no, get rid of it. Donate it. Um, you can do a swap with other people. Sell it if you are ambitious. I am not. Um, do whatever you need to do, but that will definitely help you start pruning away at the life you had to get you to the light you the life you want. Okay, so this third one, this third one is the big one. This is mindset pruning. So this is literally the brain stuff. So in order for the old stuff to die off, we need to create new thoughts, new behaviors, and new rituals to take their place. But here's why this is important for me to talk about, because it's going to take time. This is why I always tell my clients, it took you more than 25 years to get to this point with the mindset that you have. It's going to take you equally as long, if not longer, to undo it or create a new neural pathway. Things take time. And especially because we're adults, if you're listening to this, you're probably an adult. You're over the age of 27, probably, or close to it. Chances are your brain is already fully formed. It's now going to have to 
change the neural pathway. It's going to create new ones and die and prune away at the old ones. Whereas if you were younger, if you were more in the developmental stages of your brain, it is much faster. The brain is much more malleable um, when you're younger and your brain's still processing or not, your brain's still processing right now uh, if your brain's still growing. And so uh, I mentioned at the beginning of this about a neuroscientist, David Eagleman. And so he has like done amazing things with neuroscience. If you are interested in the topic, his book, Live Wired, is fascinating. It helped me come to kind of the epiphany between how we see our physical bodies as representations for all the intangible things we think about ourselves um, and he's done some really cool revolutionary work as far as shifting our senses so he basically created a wristband that can hear quote-unquote through touch so if somebody's talking the uh, wristband that somebody else wears will buzz in different ways, which is associated with different parts of the brain to basically translate it. <laughs> yeah, that's getting wild. But it translates it for the person that is listening. So for those that are hard of hearing or deaf, this is going to be revolutionary because they will be able to hear through touch instead of through um, their ears. So it's wild, but it takes time because the brain has to readapt to something new and what it's learning. And yeah, it's just wild. It's wild. I, if you go to the blog post, I uh, linked the, uh, the article on the wristband. And again, if that fascinates you, check it out. So let's just use this as an applicable, let's use an applicable situation. This is one of my favorite situ uh, situations because it's unfortunately very prevalent for many people. So let's assume you grew up in a family that was very much in a diet culture mindset. You learned very early on that fat is bad, diets are good, weight loss is something to be achieved, you should always be losing, da 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 da, let's bond over Weight Watchers, things like that. Imagine every time that you hear or see something that confirms that a, a path is being carved, one path, okay? So let's say, so imagine there's like a, we'll say a perfectly manicured lawn, all right? You picture that lawn. So the first time you hear fat is bad that somebody walks across the lawn once. Then somebody comes along and says diets are good. That's reemphasizing that they're walking across that same path. Then your mom says, oh, I can't go swimming because no one wants to see me in a bathing suit that etches that path a bit deeper. Your aunt comes over and says, oh, you're sure getting chunky. There goes that path again. And slowly over time, you add in the things we're seeing in the media. The path is getting more and more worn away. You see an advert, uh, an advertisement featuring a fat body as the before body and a thin body as the after etch that path is becoming very consistent and what this what happens now is like your brain says oh there's a lot of usage on this path wow you know what let's cement it <laughs> essentially imagine now it's like well it's getting used a lot lots of people use it so we need to just like make sure we know this so the subconscious is like yes this is fact because we've seen it over and over and over again this neural pathway is very strong 
But then what happens? You start to reinforce it with your own words. You say things, oh, she shouldn't wear that with that body. Oh, that's unflattering. This pose is more flattering. I can't be in photographs. I need to lose weight first. Etch, etch, etch. And now all of a sudden you've got a perfectly paved neural pathway. Then what happens? You get introduced to somebody like me who says, I'm fat and it's fine. Fat's neutral. Your brain says, wait, wait, wait a minute. What? That's conflicting with the information that we have in the database. That is not, this is not the road. This is not the path. Something is wrong. And now what happens because your brain's a little uncomfortable, you go into a bit of a stress response. You'll either fight. There's nothing fine about being fat. Let me tell you why being fat is bad. Blah, 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 blah. You go into flight. That's weird that she would say that. Oh, if she only knew. You don't say anything to me. You just disregard it and internalize it. Or you tend and befriend. You aren't fat. You're beautiful. Either way, any of those three responses just reaffirms your neural pathway that already exists. However, now let's say you're intrigued. You keep listening to me. And now we have a secondary manicured lawn right next door to your path, to your paved path. You watch my stories and where I talk about fat bodies being okay. That makes a general, you know, footpath cool. You read a blog and maybe check out my Instagram post daily. Okay, you're going back and forth on this new neural pathway. Very cool. You listen to the podcast, clearly, because you're here. You're really digging your heels in. You start reading books. This new path is getting formed right next door. It's still kind of gravelly. It's not quite paved like the other one, but it is starting to get stronger. Then you expand yourself because now you're like, okay, I can, I'm kind of waffling between these two worlds. You expand to see other people saying the same things as I do. And all of a sudden you have these two neural pathways that are equally paved. So now you're like, oh God, I'm conflicted because I know that this is, this is the thing that I've always been taught, but I have new information, equal new information. And so now what do I choose? And that will depend on your emotional state, how stressed you are, things like that, which is why negative body image never goes away. It just gets less and less over time and usually shows up when you're stressed more than anything else. So at that point, you can say, hmm, do I reinforce path A that got me this far? Disliking fat bodies or disliking, but you know, just hating the way you look. That's gotten you th to this far because it's helped you survive. Or do you reinforce path B? Consider this a much more passion, uh, compassionate, helpful route to help you thrive, to move to be more body positive. Lots of people say, oh, I wish I could be body positive. This is the choice, path A or path B. As you go along, you'll have instances where both show up because path A started when you were younger. It's hardened cement. It's going to take time for you to break it up. But you decide to focus your attention on path B. You're like, nah, I'm over this. I'm not, I'm going to stop this generational bullshit that's been running in my family. And I want a different life for my family or myself going forward. So you know what? I'm going to start really listening and applying the things that Terry is telling me. 
I'm going to shift the media that I consume. I'm going to start paying attention to the language I use towards myself and others. I'm going to educate myself about the reality of white stigma. And I'm going to practice new thoughts daily. I'm practicing. So now this new path is the one that's cemented while the old one is getting a bit overgrown because you're not spending time over there on path A. So the next time you go visit your mom and your aunt and they say, honey, watch what you eat, or they make a self-deprecating comment about themselves, your new neural pathway will screech and your brain is going to get uncomfortable because there's conflicting information with what we've been receiving in this database. Information that previously would have confirmed your previous thoughts now feels uncomfortable because you have a new neural pathway. So again, your body goes into a stress response, fight. There's nothing wrong with my body, mom. Jesus, leave me alone. Flight, whatever, mom, and eye roll. Tend and befriend. It hurts me when you say things like that about me and yourself. I hope we can work together to heal this. What has happened is that over time, you pruned away the old way of thinking. It became an overgrown path, like those old bridges and roads that you see uh, in scary films um, that seem to make, it used to make so much sense to think like that. But now that you've learned and know better and have created this very new, shiny, paved path for yourself, like a new, smooth, asphalt path, you know, like when you're riding with your bike, it's so smooth. You say, I can't believe I ever thought like that. It's almost like that part of your life never existed. And that's simply because you pruned away at the old beliefs and thoughts that you had. But what did it take? It took being confronted with something that makes you uncomfortable more times than you can count. It takes confronting the thoughts that you have and questioning and getting curious about, hmm, I wonder if there's, you know, a different way that I could be thinking about this. It takes recognizing the things that you say to yourself. It takes reading the books. It takes changing the things that you're looking at on Instagram. It takes having conversations about these things. And it takes listening to podcasts and consuming information that's going to help solidify the new neural pathway you want. And so that way it helps. The other stuff is just overgrowth. It still is there waiting to get you when you're on a low moment. But now you know that that is so much more uncomfortable to think that way that it's easier to deal with. All right. And so that's what pruning can do for you is it can allow you to level up, but it does take time. It does take patience. And I promise you the science has proven that if you keep at it, it will get easier. Now, if you do need help getting started on your pruning process, you can reach out for coaching with myself. It's on the website, terryhoffer.com slash coaching or could just keep taking in the content via this podcast on my Instagram, reading my blog, or check out my book, The Geo Theory, and that will get you well on your way. All right. So that is it, my friends. That is all about mind pruning. So this week or this weekend, depending when you listen to this, I encourage you to start with either one of those three options. Number one, get clear on what you want. Figure out what you don't want at the very least. Physical pruning, if you know what you don't want, get rid of all that shit. 
start making plans to get rid of the shit. Like for me, I saw, I told my landlord I will not be signing another lease on the studio. <gasps> was it hard? Yes. Was it scary? Yes. But that's not expanding uh, the person that I want to be. So I need to do the hard things sometimes. So you'll physically prune your space to, to start curating a space that inspires you to become the person you want to be. And then third, of course, we're going to do mindset pruning. We are going to put in the effort. We are going to listen to things that support the person we want to be. We're going to read the books. We're going to follow the accounts. We're going to talk to ourselves. We're going to put in the effort. And over time, we will prune away and become the person that at this point we desire to become. And if you want proof of that it works, just look at your past. I'm certain there was probably something you used to believe full force and then you learn more and you change and now you know better. What like even as simple as thinking Santa Claus is real and sorry if you don't know that he isn't <laughs> and you're just finding out on this podcast uh maybe don't listen to this with your children around sorry I should probably um yeah Sorry if your kids listen to this. I just ruined their childhood. Either way, it's very, very important for you to see that it can happen. It does happen. And if you're, particularly if you're feeling stuck right now, this is a really great way for you to start taking tiny steps to move towards the person. If it seems so overwhelming, this person that you want to become, just start with the smallest step and start removing the things that aren't helping and start adding in the things that will get you there. Even if you don't know what they are, reach out to people that are already doing it. Okay, perfect. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, when you listen to this, I will actually be heading to Moncton, New Brunswick. I am going to be leading a strengths workshop for the uh, Atlantic Poultry Association. So, um, yeah. An interesting turn of events for this photographer. I get to go talk to the chicken farmers, which is kind of fun because I grew up on a farm. So, uh, yeah, never been to the East Coast. So I'm very, well, I mean, I've been to the East Coast, just not for a while. So I'm very excited to check it out and see what it has to offer. And I will be back next week with a new popsicle stick topic for you. All right. Enjoy the rest of your week, my friend. Bye.